What a, what a privilege it is to find Jesus when you're young. And it's lovely to see this bunch of young people. And for you to mention the young people, it's wonderful to see the old people here too. <laughs> and uh, I want to tell you, they, they, are, they are wonderful and they're closer to God than you are. <laughs> well, closer to get to God than you are. It's a privilege to be here. It's always a privilege to be able to share something in the kingdom of God. And uh, as I was coming into the church this morning, I thought, what a privilege it is. And how amazing God is. He can, he can play his love songs on flawed instruments. What an amazing thing. That wasn't the flawed instrument today, the trombone. That one, wasn't that wonderful, the trombone? Just tremendous. And it's, I, I just want to talk about something simple. I, I want to tell you a love story. A actually, I want to tell you two love stories. And the first one was one that I was involved in. I was uh, with Sue over in Adelaide and we were conducting a, a, an Easter youth camp at a place called Mount Barker and uh, a lovely, lovely youth camp there. And uh, it, we'd had a great time with all these young Adelaide people, young people, and, and it was on the last morning, on the Monday morning, and there were, some had already gone and some were left and were in, the, in this hall we were gathered, and they'd asked me to pray for a number of these young people that were there, which I did. And uh, I came to this one young couple standing there nearby. And uh, I, I just prayed the anointing on their life together. And that their life together will run of greatness and goodness. And, uh, and then I wanted to pray, pray a, few, a few others. It was just a, about a year later and we were at home in our place in Canberra. There's a knock on the door. And uh, I opened the door and here's this young fellow standing there with a beaming smile on his face. He said, I, I, I just had to call in and say hello to you because I, I just wanted to say to you, my wife, my wife and I are here on our honeymoon. We really thank you for your prayers. It's just wonderful. I said, well, that's, that's wonderful. He said, yes. He said, it's just wonderful to us because when you prayed for us, he said, we didn't even know one another. <laughs> we just happened to be standing nearby. <laughs> but he said, we are so thankful. I want to tell you, I have followed their path very carefully. <laughs> and, but the wonderful thing is, I saw them. Uh, and heard of them. They're growing in Jesus, they were growing in Him. They had a little family and they were serving the Lord together. And I thought, well, there is a prophetic utterance 
one that uh, I was not aware of. And you know, God can do that and, and does that. Often he does prophetic stuff through us and we're not even aware of what's going on. But that's one real love story. Now I just want to share the greatest love story story in the world. And if you've got time, I'm going to take you right through the Bible. Because <laughs> this Bible, this book, is God's love story to us. And Father, I just pray that you'll help us here this morning to open our lives to your love story. Lord, just share your love through this imperfect instrument today. Touch us, Lord, with your grace. We ask in Jesus' lovely name. And God's love story starts in Genesis chapter 1. God creating in seven stages the amazing creation that we live in. And this world is part of it. And then God creating his greatest love act. And we see God with man. Now we're going to use the word man as we go on through here because the, and the way I'm going to, I, I want to be heard is that's who we all are. This is the, the species that we are, male and female, because it says, he made us, he made man, the last of his creation. He made that which is greatest act of love. And his great love poured into it all. And he created man in his likeness and in his image. You want to know what God is like? Take a look at yourselves. Do you want to know what God can seem to be like? Then take a look at yourselves. God made you and me in his likeness and after his image and he loved this of his creation most of all. He loved us to the depths of our being and he loved us. And it tells us how he was in the beginning there with us as he made male and female, Adam and Eve, and he walked with them in the cool of the evening and shared with them and loved them. They sensed and knew the love of God that was there. And how wonderful it was and how God giving his greatest act of creation, you and I. And then we see the incredible act of disobedience and right there from the very beginning of each creation comes the brokenness 
the flaw of that which separates us from God. Fall to the fall. And what a fall. And man is now separated from God. So first of all, we see God with man in all of his love, in all of his care, in all of his goodness, so desirous of us being the best of all because he makes us in his likeness and his image. And then we disappointment and we fail it and we corrupt it and we are separated from God. And then we see right through the rest of the Bible, God gradually restoring his relationship of love towards man. So firstly we see God with man in all of his love and all of his care. The next stage that we see is God to man. That even though God loves us and even though the separation is there, the separation is complete, God wants the restoration to take place within the hearts and the lives of his people and those that he's created like himself. And so we begin to see God restoring that relationship, God developing a relationship again with man. So we see in the next couple of chapters of, 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 of books, we see in Genesis and Exodus, we say now God to man. God separated God away from, but God wanting to draw near again. And so we see God to man. We see it with, uh, in, with Abraham, the angel with Abraham. We see it in this mysterious person, Mel Melchizedek, and the promises that are there that the offspring of, uh, of Abraham would produce the multitudes of people. We see it this God to man, God away, God separated and yet reaching out, reaching out. We see it there with Moses and with the, the, the burning bush and Moses calling out the people of Israel again. We see it there with Moses and the people that they traveled with the pillars of fire. And we see it with the, with the cloud. We see God now at a different distance. God wanting to draw near, but God at a distance. And this is how we see the multitudes within the world today. There are very few people who are true atheists, but there are many, many people who see God only from a distance. Only from a distance. We see it in some of the various religions smatterings of relationship, smatterings of understanding, smatterings of being in touch with. We, we see it, Sue and I, very much in the Aboriginal communities and in their understandings of God. It's amazing that uh, the Aboriginal people are monotheistic. You realise that? They don't have other gods. They are monotheistic. But there's this so small, so vague understanding of the one true God. And we see a vast number of people today in that very role, that very place. 
We see it in the humanitarian that takes place. Yeah, humanitarian acts that take place within people's lives and within people and with, uh, within communities and uh, within political understanding. There is that groping and grasping and seeking to know something of God, but it's from a distance. So we see this here in Genesis and, and Exodus. God to man. And then we see another phase, the developing phase again, which is, I would say, God among men. So he's God, God has come closer, closer again in his love and in his grace. He's coming closer again. We see God among men. And we see this in the books of Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. We see uh, God, for instance, the tabernacles built in the desert there. And God's presence is there in the midst in the tabernacle. We, we see it in the Ark of the, of the Covenant that they carry with them. The presence of God is there with them, much closer, much nearer, a developing understanding of who God is and the presence of God and the love of God. But uh, still, not really in that really beautiful relationship that was there in the beginning. But we see in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And we see the, 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 the God giving of the commandments. And, uh, and we see that in, in people's lives today as well. Knowing a little bit more about God. We see it uh, in the... Uh, uh, seeing it in, in the, through the statutes of the church and the various religions that are there in the world. People seeking, groping to understand and to know God a little more, but not really having that deep and beautiful relationship with him. But as God among men, and there uh, sensing and knowing and having a deeper understanding, and even now getting to the place where we're able to seek to communicate with God. So he gets closer, comes closer again. And then, and so we see God with man there in the beginning, in the brokenness. And then we see God to man, gradually just a vague understanding. And then now God among men, God there in the midst of it, having some understanding of it, learning to worship God. Not really being in that place. And then we see another development of a, this relationship of God's love. We see God through man. God with man. God to man. God among man. And now God through man. Reaching and touching man. We see it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the books of the prophets, in the, what we call the divine theocracy. That is, God as king. So now God has a much more important sense of role within the hearts and the lives of people and a deeper understanding of relationship with him. And it's knowing God through others, going, knowing God through other agencies, and not just knowing God. But we see this uh, in operation there 
in the books of, uh, of Joshua and Judges and the prophets and Samuel and, and the, the Chronicles and, and all of the prophets right down to John the Baptist, the very last of the Old Testament prophets, who introduces the next wonderful stage. God as man. And so God is back in our midst. And we are in the midst with God. God as man. God now walking, talking, sharing, living, loving, hoping, laughing, smiling in the midst of our lives. Charles Wesley ascribes this so beautifully. He says it's God, God contracted as a man. God contracted as a man. Incomprehensibly made man. God contracted to a span. Can you, can you imagine this? God, the creator of the universe, allowing himself to become part of humankind, part of broken, hurt, destroyed humankind, becoming contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. We see this little babe. This is man. This is God. God giving away the glories of heaven, of heaven and the universe A little babe suckling at his mother's breast, totally dependent upon the life that is there with him. Imagine this. This is God. This is God. And now he's walking and talking and sharing and loving. We see this in the Gospels. I remember when I first became a Christian. I'd had no Christian background of any kind. And I was led to the Lord by a precious couple. And they started me reading the Gospels. And, uh, and as I read the Gospels, I just really fell in love with Jesus. Like I'd never, I'd never been in love before. I realised I'd never really been in love before. I really fell in love with Jesus. So just who he was. I, just getting a glimpse of him, beginning to understand of what I'd entered into and what it entered into me. I wanted to know him more. And I, I'm, the thing that was constantly in my thinking was, wouldn't it have been fantastic to be there at that time when Jesus was walking the earth, when God was walking the earth with those people around him. What it must have been like. What it must have been like to be one of those disciples. To hear and see and, and know that they were in the midst of God the Son. 
I thought, wouldn't I love to be alive in those days, to be part of all that. And so I began to do something. I, be I began to become one of the characters that I was reading about. I'd be, I'd be, the, I'd be the blind man sitting at the side of the road. And uh, there in my filth and my degradation and my lostness and hearing the crowd coming and crying out, what's going on, what's happening, what's going on? And then they're saying, it's, it's Jesus, it's, it's this miracle man. And I'm shouting out, come to me, come to me, miracle man. And I would have my, in my thoughts and my understanding. And then I would feel the hand upon me and, and then sight. And I thought, that's what it must have been like. What it must have been like. What, what they have felt, that prostitute, in all her lostness, in all of her self-sense self of cheapness and unworthiness, to hear the voice of love, of real love, coming to her. And I, and I would think, what that must have been like to have been there and been part of that. God as man. This person who when he looked on you, you saw, in his eyes, you saw love to you like you'd never seen it before in anyone else. What it must have been. Wouldn't you love to have been there? To be there at the feeding of the 5,000 that we read about? What it must have been like. And so I'd be one of them there, one of the feeding, one of the people sitting watching as the, as the little boy came up with his lunch and gave it to Jesus. Those few little fish, those few little pieces of bread. And then to see the thousands of people being fed by it all. Would you like to have been there for that? What a miracle. But of course, I think the real miracle was the lunch. I mean, could you imagine a kid carrying the lunch around for a couple of days? <laughs> I, I, I know what I'd have been like. I'd have picked all the top off the, off the bread and uh, I'd have probably squeezed a couple of the fish a bit too. I'd, it would have been a very, very unholy mess that I'd have been handing over, I can tell you. But here it was, here it was. And all of these incredible experiences that people were having, God as man. And then I realized something that changed my life. For the last 66 years, I've had the privilege of living. God with man, and then lost. Then God to man, kind of, kind of, reaching out. And then God with, God among men. Actually, hearing 
God through the experiences that were there and then God among men and God through men hearing God through the voice of others seeing God through the activities of others believing God through the words of others and now something even so wonderful God as man God as man and then the last of all and the most wonderful of all back to the original relationship God in man God in man and that's why Jesus came and that's why Jesus allowed himself to be victimized hated crucified and loved so that we can arrive at a place that belongs to you and I now and has done down from the day of what we call the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and the very life of God himself now was within those who would believe and would open their hearts and receive and would yield to him now God in man so that the life of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God is not only with us, not only to us, not only among us, but is within us. And this is what belongs to you. Right at this moment. The character of God, the love of God, the goodness of God, and the mercy of God, and the power of God dwells within broken, cracked vessels. You and me. And plays his songs of love through imperfect instruments. But it's there. And so within you is the grace of God by the Holy Spirit within you. But not only in you, but through you. And this is the great, the great desire and activity of God from the very beginning, that you will become part of his grace and part of his love and part of his mercy, part of his power to the world. This is what belongs to you now. The character of God. The gifts of God. The love of God. The flow to the world. And if ever there was a time that needed the presence of God through you, that needed the love of God through you, 
that needed the grace of God through you. That needed the presence of God through you. It's this age that we live in now. Where we, as perhaps, I, I don't know, but perhaps as never before, people are in that first very stage of being lost to God. Not rejecting him actively, but not even knowing. Not even understanding that God is still in our midst and his love flows to each and every living human being in the face of the earth. And all it needs is for you and I to realise and understand who we are and what we possess and what belongs to us and is what is in it in us. Do you understand what is in you? Let me just close with this. Sue and I were, were uh, at a Zoom yesterday, which was a, a, a prayer Zoom for the activity of the, uh, the, it was called the National Prayer, the National Prayer uh, and Fasting Day. And one of the speakers was an Aboriginal man. And he just said, he said, I want you to think about the last chapter, last bit of the Bible. That's the bit, the final, really, the end of the love story. And he said, says, in Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he said, That's the world out there, they don't even know. We just need to open the door, our own personal door, and the church door, and welcome them in. They're there, and they need to hear. We go on from one to that, which is even greater than that. Those open those church doors so that we can go out and take the love of God and the mercy of God and the goodness of God and the message of God to the world that says, Come to me and I will bring you life and love. That's what the world needs more than anything else. That great love story. And we've got it to share and to tell through our imperfect lives. The love of God. You can take it simply, simply share it as best operates through you. Father, just bless this precious moment. And give to us the understanding that you're in our lives.
God is within us. And with your grace and your mercy and your love, we go out and tell it to the world. We pray it in Jesus' name.